Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we talked about really how long it's going to take to see results in marketing and if whether or not that's really the, the, right, the right question, question. to ask, how you're going to measure that, and really the topic of, as marketers, defining efficacy versus efficiency. So yep. hopefully you guys enjoyed. As always, give us a like, subscribe, share with a friend or a colleague, and enjoy. All right, Taylor. So we're back in the studio trying to do another podcast. Super excited about this topic. One of the questions I get, and I'm sure, you know, anybody in digital marketing gets this is how soon can I see results, right? How fast can this campaign start producing results for me? And I'm sure that's a question that's going to be around for forever. Yeah. I want to kind of unpack that today. And uh, I mean, I want you to kind of help answer it. And what's the best way to answer that? What do you think the best answer is to a question like that? Well, I, I would answer that question with a question. I would say, well, what do you mean by results? results? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're thinking of ads, like if somebody's running Facebook ads or Google ads, they're going to say, well, I got to have three X, you know, my ad spent, you know, three X or four X, or if it's total investment between paid, organic, social, whatever, over the course of 12 months, I need this type of return on investment. I mean, mm -hmm. those are basic numbers that a CEO would say, like, Everybody wants to make 10x. Well, forget that for a minute. But what's realistic and what do you even, you know, what do you even help them understand? Because at the end yeah. of the day, they don't know what they're asking. So they just wanted some assurance. It's like saying, hey, can I get money back? Yeah. It's the same question, except they're saying, what's my return on investment? Right. I mean, in marketing in general, it's it's never really a question of like, can it work or will it work? It's a matter of how do we make it work? Correct. And so a lot of times we talk about with our clients, like tracking micro KPIs versus macro KPIs or like right. leading indicators versus lag measures. I've been thinking more and more about this a lot more lately. And whenever you have a, a new, especially someone who's never done any sort of marketing like this, or you're trying something new, which for a lot of people listening to this podcast, for a lot of B2B organizations, even though this is, you know, 2021 now, this yep. is like the first time that they've really gone into digital marketing. And I think the current state of, you know, the world that we're in has led to that of we can't go to trade shows. We can't do these kind of traditional efforts. So let's put our budget into digital. And so it's our first kind of, you know, effort that looks anything like this. So I think when you talk about getting results, you talk about get results and then you said, okay, well, you know, what is our ROI? So there's, to me, there's a big difference between the efficacy of our campaigns and the efficiency. So really in marketing overall. So I guess we'll start there and defining the efficacy versus efficiency. efficiency. I guess I'll ask you, how, yeah. what would you, how do you think that applies when it comes to marketing? I think that's really creative because many times I would say the clients are looking for the efficiency almost out of the gate when we should be thinking of, well, can this campaign actually work? Can we build enough right. demand for this product or services to create the number of leads that you need to create the number of, you know, proposals yep. to close the deal. It's almost like we're trying to figure out the business metrics, but we haven't <laughs> even ran a campaign yet. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> so many unknowns that it's kind of ridiculous when you look at it that way, there's so many unknowns and so many variables that we have to figure out, you know, where to push, where to pull that it's a little ridiculous to expect efficiency out of the box, right? Like sure. we need X ROI or we need X return on ad spend or 
we should generate a certain number of leads with this budget. It's like based on what, like we don't right. really know. And we're making these metrics up. And so then we're going to be chasing the wrong numbers. We're just going to be trying to get to those metrics that we've made up in the first place. Right. We, I've seen so many businesses that say, well, our goal is 30 MQLs this month and next month it's 60. And the next month after that is 90. So we're behind pace. Like how do we, wow. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, first we have to establish if this is going to work, how it's going to work. Um, then from there, we have to look at, is it profitable? Is it scalable? Is it sustainable? That's where the efficiency piece comes, comes into in. play, right? It's like first, okay, let's boil it down to the very basics. Like let's say it's a, a social media ad, Facebook ad, LinkedIn ad, something along those lines. Before we can say, hey, I need X number of leads for X dollars, or you know, I need a certain return on our investment, return on ad spend. You have to look at, is this even a channel that we can right. educate and get in front of our audience? And then from there, is that the right audience? Do we know our messaging? Are we, we're testing the ad copy? We're testing the creative. What about the user experience? Do we send them to a landing page? Is this gated, ungated? Are we doing kind of journey-based? Yeah, ungated. of course, right. <laughs> are we are we doing like a journey-based advertising campaign where we're, we're just focusing on education and then we have remarketing in there and then, you know, further down until they're requesting a demo, whatever that looks like, that conversion path. A lot of times we're testing marketing for the first time really what you're also testing is your product, right? Your product and your pricing. You know, you think back to the, you know, college days of marketing and the The four P's, the four P's, right? (laughs) This is two of the P's right there. So, you know, you're looking at, okay, we have this, but do you truly understand your customer? And then from there, what criteria based on the customer that you're trying to get in front of, can you leverage from a targeting perspective? How does that messaging align? How does your product fill a gap or avoid that they have? Are they, you know, do we have an awareness problem? Do they, sure. are they aware of the problem? Are they aware of the solution? How do we drive product consideration at the same time? All of these variables we have to test. And then on top of that, if that's not enough, it's a forever a moving target, right? Because I mean, just what was it last week, two weeks ago, Facebook updated their iOS 14. Right. So now yeah. the targeting criteria and the reporting changes. So it changes the way that we run ads on Facebook. And that's one platform. Now you have Facebook and LinkedIn and Google is constantly changing every day. Our competition is likely doing the same thing that we're doing. So they're trying to evolve and adapt and, you know, get better and better. So in the customer is always changing, right? Their needs are changing as new. If you're selling a software, new software solutions are coming up in the way that they go about their business. They're finding better ways to be efficient at their job. So maybe the original reason you created your software isn't as big of a pain point because they found an alternative solution. So the this is constantly evolving. And so to expect a campaign to be efficient right off right. the bat is a little bit ridiculous if you've never done anything like this before. First, we need to see if this can be effective. And when we talk about efficacy, our metrics for judging that should be way different than our metrics for efficiency. Efficiency should, of course, be on ROI and right. return on ad spend and those metrics. Like those are scalable metrics. Like that means you've money. ironed out all the uh, these other details that we're talking about, right? The beginning of it is just, can we reach our audience through this, whatever particular channel, platform? Uh, a lot of times it's more platforms than one. So all of those variables I just mentioned are now multiplied by three or four different right. channels. So that's what you need to test first and you need to understand. And so you need to buy into this idea of this process. You're building a testing parameter. You're building testing process rather than, okay, I, I spent X number of dollars on this channel and I didn't get the certain return on ad spend I was looking for. So that channel doesn't work. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. 
So think of those people that says, Google ads, it doesn't work for me because we ran Google ads like three years ago. We had an agency, we had an internal person run it. Oh no, it's just, it doesn't work. It's too expensive. It doesn't work. Yeah. I would say that's the kind of problem that you face if you just literally say this platform doesn't work. 95% of Google revenue is from ads. So what are all these people doing wrong? Yeah. (laughs) Giving millions of dollars to Google. Yeah. I think part of it, you have to look internally as well is, is your, the structure of your company, your team, or your sales process, your sales process. I would say the sales process has a lot to do with your ROI than the campaign, right? You can generate leads, but if you don't follow up or if you don't have a good process, you don't actually do anything with that lead. You're not going to get the ROI. The ROI is actually at the end, the cash register. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That is the actual transaction. That's the ROI they're referring to, even though Marketing only pays a third of that role, in my opinion. Yeah. We can get them interested, show them the landing page, mm-hmm. have them fill out the form, make a phone call, then we have to stop. Yeah. And the other thing is like, just like I was saying with the structure of the team, the yeah. technologies, whatever, it could be your sales team. Like, is that aligned with what you're trying to accomplish in the channel? So that could also be the issue with the efficiency. It's not that it can't be effective. It's like, you don't have the resources, like content creation and promotion is effective. It's not efficient right now. The reason it's not efficient is because you can only create one piece of content a month, right? Because of the way your process is set up. So you have to also, you know, look in the mirror and constantly as marketers, like we're chasing this endless pursuit of perfection, right? Because like I said, it's constantly evolving and changing. So we need to adapt. We need to improve. And especially now more than ever with everything that's going on, like you have to adapt to the current situation. Yeah. You have no choice. So where would someone start? Right. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. the question that I asked, hey, is this going to produce results? If yes, when? Can I expect results in 90 days? Is it six months? It's like, I don't know where the 90 days came from. Is that like a magic thing? Then marketing just like 90 days. And it's, if it didn't work on the 89 day, but on the 90th day, it will just start working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of it is just your mindset, which if you're the CEO, entrepreneur, you know, you're an entrepreneur or maybe possibly even like a CMO, you may have the autonomy to just make these decisions and say, you know what? I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to figure out how to make this happen because I know I like I that know attitude. my customers are on LinkedIn. So I'm going to do everything I can to be on LinkedIn, right? Like you that you may not even know how to figure it out. I think if you're in a mid-level or lower level position, or even you're working at an agency and you have client relationships, it becomes more difficult because you know you may know instinctually, intuitively, like in your gut that this is the right thing to do. But if you don't have the data to support it, we live in this world now where if you don't have the data, then like they're not, you're not even going to get the conversation, right? You go to a meeting with the CEO and say, Hey, I'm really confident that the strategy is going to work. And they're going to say, show me the numbers. Like when are we going to see success? Right. That's all they want. Yeah. CEO, CFO, especially they're not thinking like marketers. So if you don't have the buy-in internally top down, it is going to be tough. Um, I think that's the first thing is the mindset. And then, like you said, how do we, where do we start? I would go back to what I just said about a little bit, just instinctually, like you have to know your customer and then you have to look at like, okay, if put yourself in your customer shoes, people say that all the time, but truly if you understand your customer and what their job is, what are they trying to accomplish and how your product or service will make them better? Like forget about all your features and, you know, benefits, tool sets, all the kind yep. of things and like all this marketing, you know, tech jargon that you would typically say and, and look at, okay, 
if I'm in this job, like I sell my software, I sell to VP of sales, like what do they care about? What is their job day to day? And how do I make them better at their job? And how does that impact them? And then how do they learn? How do they gain information? Where can I influence their world of, you know, decision-making and, and thought, you know, right. development, right? So how do I get in there? And then how do I position myself as an expert? How do I provide value to them? It's all going to come down to content. The answer is going to be content, education-based content. It's just a matter of how to promote it, where to promote it, at what stage of the you know buyer's journey, if you will, are they going to find that content? Then from there, uh, I guess you would look at what metrics you can track around that. But I think, again, people, our obsession with these metrics and numbers and data uh, sometimes will make us shy away from some of those things that may be a little bit more instinctual. And I don't think that, like you said, that it's what somebody else might have. You're going to get the exact same metrics. We see in campaigns in the same industry and two different companies, they get two different types of results. That's what I'm saying. The factors aren't just what platform or the, you know, the budget. It has a lot to do with who you're going after as a business. Yeah. What's your goal for your business and how much revenue are you trying to get versus somebody else, right? So they might be in the low end and you might be in the mid to higher end tier of customers, even though you're in the same industry. Yeah. So their KPIs might be different and you're going after a completely different thing. So I think you, it's not about the results per se right up front. It's, I guess, like you said, figuring out how do we reach the audience and how fast can we do that? And if we get those types of clients, is there enough right. demand for our product and services? And what are we going to do with those leads once that enters into mm -hmm. our pipeline? Yeah. And we what, have a system. What are those variables? Just identifying everything. What are those variables that we need to test? How are we going to test it? Because like I said, you're really developing a framework for testing and iteration more than you're creating like an ad or a piece of content, or it's like, how do we actually test all of these things? That's the only way you can improve for that efficiency piece, right? When we talk yep. about scalability, but. When um, do you talk about efficiency then? Once say you got everything figured out, we're going to do inbound marketing. We're going to make landing page content, Facebook ads, Google, YouTube, everything. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, All right, Business go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. I would say when you feel like you've dialed it in and you've answered those questions of who is our audience? How do we, what are the pain points? How are we creating content? And then you have a system in place to create that content, right? Like if you're still struggling with that of like, well, it'd be really great if we could pump out, you know, five videos a week on LinkedIn, right? Uh, but we can't right now. So we can only do two videos a week or one video a month or whatever the number is. 
And the problem, and we've talked about this before, but the problem is not a linear path to success, right? And that's one of the things with like the efficacy and efficiency as well is like to be effective, a lot of times it's going to have to happen at scale. And that's what leads to the efficiency because then everybody's doing the same process. Yeah. To answer your question about like, when do you see, when do you start measuring efficiency? Well, when you have enough volume that you actually have traffic leads, customers, you have enough data to support that. Wow. You can make micro little Then you can make changes, right? And it's like, okay, well, you know, we're getting a lot higher quality leads because we're further educating them earlier on in the process. We're spending more on marketing, but we're spending less on sales. Like that's not an overnight process to build that, especially if your organization is the other way where you have a lot of infrastructure and sales support and and not not a lot of marketing. So it's going to take time to, to get there, but forget what I was saying about the uh, <laughs> efficiency. Yeah. I mean, back to, I guess the, the timeline that you're going to see results, like you have to understand those variables that you're testing. And then from there, you just focus on those, those metrics. Yeah. Those individual uh, variables that you can control, right? Like there's, if there's, if there's unknown, then you're not testing anything because there's too much like micro testing, you have to, you know, if we're going to test this audience, you have to test this audience with five different or 10 different or 20 different ad copies, creative, those kind of things versus the same, a different audience with, you know, the same right. kind of thing. So it's like, this has to happen at volume. I got you. How much time are you thinking before you can go from efficacy to efficiency? It's different for different for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take, it's going to take time. Uh, I think, like you said, maybe that 90 day the reason people say 90 days is just because you get I, to I that know. certain number of volume. 90 X, 90 uh, days. Yeah, I don't fit. know. I, I really don't. I mean, I think some, I think some organizations, if you're, if you're Apple, fle- you can get things done in 90 yeah, if days. If you're flexible, <laughs> you're scalable. I think you can get there in, in 90 days. Otherwise it might take nine months. It might take, I mean, I, I, I certainly agree. Cause like once you define what you need, it takes a lot of time to create the content, mm-hmm. to get to a place where you're actually seeing any leads come out of the yeah. system. Right. And without that, like you said, you can't change or optimize or tweak. There's nothing to tweak. We're still building the engine. Yeah. Maybe that's the word. Right. I mean, and I mean, one of those, the biggest variables around that is just your, your brand awareness and your audience. Right. Because if you, you can do, like you said, Apple, like they could do something in 90 days, in 90 days, (laughs) you already have that audience that following. Right. I mean, if you have, but it might take you nine years to build that audience right. and following that people don't see that. Right. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot in there, but I just wanted marketers to kind of start shifting their mindset away from, because it's possible to have 10 times return on investment or whatever that is, doesn't mean you're going to have 10 times return on investment tomorrow. It's well, how do we build, how is this going to work? Can it work? Will it work now? Is it working? And then to what extent is it working? How do we scale it from there? Get it. And when you can scale marketing, you have to remember they got to scale the sales side too, because mm-hmm. there is a point where you can't even follow up with leads because there's so many leads coming in and then you start to dwindle. And then that reflects on the ROAS, right? Like mm-hmm. how much return can you get? So I love the idea of scaling on marketing. I think it's easy for us to push the button and go from a hundred dollars a day to a thousand dollars a day, but it's not necessarily the same thing on the sales side. Can you mm-hmm. handle that many volume of orders and calls and yeah you know, emails and follow through. And I think that most people underestimate how much real work it takes to scale that sales organization or anything else in that fulfillment or whatever they're doing 
it's not just the marketing side, yeah. right? And I think when you do it gradually, they can actually hire the right people and train them to be able to take on more work. If you try to do that in a very short period of time, it's like having 50 cars trying to go through a car wash lane. Like it, there's no way we're going to get through this. <coughs> we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. You know, yeah. you've seen it, right? You've yeah. seen when Starbucks has big over line, people are frustrated. They can't get it. Now you're going to have customer delight issues. Right. Yeah. You're, you're aggressive <laughs> on the marketing side. Yeah. It's exactly what we were just talking about. It's like, just as the marketers have to adapt, the salespeople have to adapt not only to the volume, but to understand the process, the new process, right? If we're doing marketing the right way, maybe different than, you know, the cold calling right. outreach outbound sales process, maybe a little bit different. What you said reminded me what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. You said, Hey, we can scale this on marketing, spend a hundred dollars, spend a thousand dollars, spend $10,000. Yeah. I think one of the problems is as marketers, there's this belief that there's like a linear path to success where, okay, Hey, here's our strategy from the marketing perspective. It's going to cost, you know, we need to spend a hundred thousand dollars a month. Right. So all in, we're, we're over a million dollars marketing budget. Here's all the channels. Here's, you know, agency fees, this, that, whatever, what we're going to spend. Okay. Everything sounds great. And the reason we came up with this budget, there's a scientific, you know, sort of hypothesis behind it of certain volume and cost is going to create the, create the content, all those kind of things. But let's just see, now it goes back to the opposite of kind of what we're saying is like, let's just test the efficacy of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's just do, let's do 10% of that. Right. So not a hundred thousand dollars a month, we'll spend $10,000 a month. And they expect with 10% of the effort, you're going to still see 10% of the returns at the same ratio. Right. And that's where that efficiency yeah. comes in. It's like, well, if we were supposed to get $10 million in return, and we only do 10% of the effort. Now we should still get $1 million in return, right? Yeah, but we know not. that that's not the case, right? Is that you're not going to be doing enough. There's a volume equation that you have to hit, for right? And right. that's that's part of the problem when understanding the efficacy of efficiency. It's not just understanding and defining it, but it's measuring the metrics accordingly. Like if we're trying to measure the efficacy of this, we can do it with a portion of the budget, maybe as long as you have enough volume. I agree. But with you, you can't measure the return on investment and hold that to the same standard and then think, okay, we just scale that up and we'll get the same results. There's so many other variables that come into play there. I think you're absolutely right. For instance, if you're a small business, you only got so many clients, you probably can't break even just because you know they're small uh -huh. clients spending a small amount. But if you take that same amount, but you put volume on it, you're going to have enough business coming in that you can keep those same price points and you'll be very, very profitable, but you just need a lot more of it. Right. You don't have to make it four times more expensive to have the profit. You just have to have tons more traffic or yep. more demand. And I think most of the time they're kind of like, hey, how do we make this work? We're getting $400 in return, but we need 400000 yep. Right. But we just want to spend incrementally a little bit more money. Yeah. <laughs> And that doesn't work. I, yeah. I see that. And I think it's a mindset more than anything else is a mind shit. Right. And yeah. also being on the same program, it's not the fault of the platform. Maybe that's a one thing to say that it's not their fault that you can't scale this. Mm -hmm. it, the platform, the demand, the people are still spending hours on out on Instagram, Facebook, and all these places. You got to get your marketing, right. your efficiency down so that you can capture that interest get them to your website, convert and close. Yeah. Which we hear all the time. Right. I mean, I hate to, you know, 
bash on Facebook, but that's the the feedback that you get sometimes is like, well, we tried Facebook before and the ad quality or the lead quality isn't there, right? It's just they they fill out the form and they don't know what they're doing. And this and that's like, well, whose fault is that? Are because are they the one question would be, are they fake people, right? Because right. that's <laughs> that's the only thing that you're you you could be implying is like, well, they're just fake people. They're not real yeah. leads, which could be a thing if you know Facebook's trying to manipulate right. their numbers look better, whatever. But yeah. the other side of it is, are you tricking them into filling out a form? That's true. That's really what a lot of marketers do now is like we're generating leads. What's, you know, what is the hack, right? Or what is the, yeah. the way that we can, you know, finesse right. these people into filling out a form? And then now it's up to the salespeople. Like you said, oh, we got to give it to the salespeople. It's, it's not our fault you didn't close the leads, right? Yeah. So that's a big part of the problem. Like you said, it's not Facebook. I mean, how many people are on Facebook and how easy it is to get some of those, you know, bad leads should tell you like how active and engaged some of those people are on Facebook. They're clicking on things, they're reading things, they're engaging, consuming content. They're arguing with their aunts and uncles or whatever they're doing. And Facebook makes it easy to convert. So (laughs) let's think about, okay, again, back to the efficacy. Can we reach our audience on Facebook? Yes. Are we doing the wrong things, which means that these ads aren't efficient because we're getting the bad quality leads, which means salespeople have to follow up with them endless amount of times and never answer all these kind of things. Like the problem is not the platform. The problem is how you're going about running those ads. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point because you can screw up there too wrong strategy on yep. the right platform leads mm-hmm. to bad results right. and you're complaining about the platform but it could have been the wrong strategy all right. along right yeah i mean it just comes down to the again understanding the customer like they're on facebook to do exactly what i said they're looking at you know memes and content and arguing with their you know friends Uncle or whatever and or are they on there to look for you know the a next, software right no like if, are they if you're using this passive channel as in assuming they're an active buyer intent related audience, that's where the gap in the lead quality is. It's not that that people that have access to Facebook that you have access to target are not good quality. It's that your strategy is. I know. And I, I said this in, a, in another podcast too, at this point, tell you when you leave a website, you see an ad on Facebook and you go to YouTube you see not the same ad and you're getting retargeted, you kind of have no idea how you stumbled on that brand. Yeah. I saw, I'm like, how did I, mm-hmm. am I being retargeted or is it really an ad? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know anymore. And I think that's, that's a, it's a big piece. The and then people are go, there. And then they go back to, eventually they go to Google and search. And then that lead is attributed to organic search, even though you're, you didn't do anything from organic yeah. search. At this point, I'm, always like trying to figure out where did I come across this brand? Cause I feel like this is not an ad. It's actually retargeting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it takes me a lot of time to figure that out. And I'm telling you, if I can't figure that out, how I stumbled upon a brand and I pay attention, you pay attention, right? Most people have no idea if it's being targeted by Facebook or is it more of a retargeting from something else? But anyhow, it's a really difficult place, you know, if you're trying to figure that out, but long story short, it works mm-hmm. that works because I would click on that if it's relevant for me and I would give the benefit of the doubt that, Hey, if you did retarget me on Facebook and I'm interested and you found me on an off time because I was free and finally going through my Facebook feed, I will give you my information, right? So they, whatever they did, it's actually going to work. Yep. But how do we wrap this up? Where do marketers go from today? What do they do? What's the next item that you want them to do? If they're worried, their boss is going to ask, we've been running Facebook ads, where's the return on investment? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, just question everything, right? You you have to 
look at the questions that you're trying to answer and like, are these even the right metrics that we should be tracking? It'd be the first right. thing. It's like, well, how are we, are we getting ahead of ourselves in expecting that we're going to see a return on investment in however many 20 days, 30 days, 90 days. I mean, I would look at it more realistically, almost like, you know, you know, you don't put money in your 401k and then call your financial advisor three days it? later and say, <laughs> you know, are we up? I, I saw somebody who was up 200% online or we should be up 200%, oh, right? Oh man, that's a good one. So I, I think there's, you know, part of that is like, yeah, can you make money, you know, in the stock market? Yes. yes. You know, how do we get there? Well, you need to have a strategy and a plan, yeah. whatever. I'm not a financial advisor, so I don't want to get into that. But right. I'm saying it's it's really not much different. Anything in life, there's no We're easy, marketing advisor. Yeah, there's no easy, you know, route when it comes to success. So if you're expecting ROI in a short amount of time, it's not that it's not possible to get that ROI in that amount of time, right? Like you could launch a campaign that within the 30 days, 90 days, like you said, is profitable, but maybe it took you three years to get to that point. Yeah. That all that testing, like that is not, to me, that's not wasted spend. That's, that's investing into your, your education, your, your infrastructure, your system. Yeah. Yeah. So that when that time comes, you do get, you know, get a machine, right, you get right. a machine at the end of the day. And yeah. we like to build those machines. And I Absolutely. tell you, there's nothing more fun than seeing the charts looking like a hockey stick. Yeah. Right. And we get to see that every single day and scale campaigns and book more appointments on people's calendar than they can handle. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Again, it takes a little bit of time. If you're patient and you stick with it, you're consistent. This can happen. Right. And like you said earlier, I mean, what worked for one company, unfortunately, doesn't work for another company. Yeah. I and mean, there's so many variables true. that, I mean, we work with so many different companies in different industries that we have firsthand access to see that, like that you just can't assume that because even if it's the same industry, it could be a competitor. Yeah. You could run the same ad or the same messaging, the same landing page. And just for whatever reason, doesn't work the same way. Yeah. So that's why I think it's more important to have a system for testing than it is to have one idea that worked that one time to get us yeah. you know, like you can't recreate that a lot of time most of the time you can't recreate. it's true it's true well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did click that like button give yeah. us thumbs up consider subscribing give us a comment tell us is it efficacy or efficiency that you're going for in your organization today yep right anything else that's it thanks guys thank you guys and see you next time All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.